Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. Matt and Braden here, and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being part of our tribe. And man, you know, uh, we're I've got some emails lately of people just in different parts of the world just tuning into Pure Victory, and we don't know the impact that mm-hmm. is out there, but we're so thankful that if you're tuning in um that you are that you are taking things seriously and that you're seeing change in your life and uh, i encourage you if, you if you're new uh there's a lot of episodes to take in so we're just glad that you're here and that's our heart as we hope that this mm-hmm. makes some difference in your life and today we're super excited to chat with christine miele the founder and owner of sex ed reclaimed and uh, she is, she's got years of experience she's got a master's in public health and over 10 years teaching sex ed in secular and Christian settings, and um, coming up, uh, she's going to be launching a bunch of courses for kids and parents, and uh, there's so much value in in what Kristen is doing, so we're excited to partner, Restored Ministries is partnering with her, but also mm-hmm. just to get her knowledge, just the depth of wisdom and, and knowledge she's got on these episodes, so she's also got a four-year-old daughter and married over 10 years and in Columbus, Ohio, and now you're digitally up in Edmonton, Alberta. So <laughs> thanks for being here, Kristen. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm pumped. Yeah, we are too. And uh, this is such a great area for us to engage with you and just discuss because I think that sex education in this day and age is, is so fraught with so many snares and, and confusion. And so having a Christian perspective and having your perspective and experience and wisdom here couldn't come at a better time, I don't think. So uh, good for you for doing this. But for those that are listening and don't really know yet what you are doing, um, we'd be happy to introduce that to them. So just explain a little bit about Sex Ed Reclaimed. 
Yeah, so Sex Up Reclaimed was really born less than a year ago. Um, I was actually doing like a fasting weekend. Um, I had just come off the mission field actually, and um, it was an unexpected change. I wasn't expecting to come off the mission field, but that was really where God led myself and my family. And so I was praying and fasting about what I was supposed to do next. And I had no idea. Like you said, I have a public health background. And so the world is kind of open. There's a lot you can do with that. But as I was praying, I had this like idea come to mind. I almost want to call it a vision, but that's a really kind of strong word. But it was like this full idea of my sexual health curriculum, the stuff I had been teaching, but accessible for people in their homes, in their schools, in their churches. Obviously we had a pandemic. We've had a lot of, in the States, we've had a ton of school shootings, sadly, and many people have fear about sending their kids to public school systems or to any school for that matter. More people are homeschooling than ever before. You know, all of the rampant illness created more homeschooling situations. And so I just thought this is the perfect time. Like people want to talk about this with their kids. They're recognizing they need to talk about it with their kids, but they don't know how. And so I had that idea for sex ed reclaimed, even like with the name and everything pretty early on. And as I began to think about it and pray about it and process it, I knew I had to teach it in a godly way. I, I really cannot talk about sex and sexual health without thinking about the designer of it, the creator of it. He's given it to us. It's a good thing. And so I want to teach the next generation healthy ways to process their own sexuality. And I want to do that starting at a young age. So I really want my curriculum to be available for kids three to 18. And that's what I'm making it for is that entire stage of life um, at age appropriate times with different content for each age group. I love it. It's so good. Uh, I'm curious about the reception because this is something that maybe is a, maybe is a unique thing that you're doing. So what's been the reception when you're talking to people about it, both um, Christians in the church and outside the church? Yeah, I get a few different responses. And I've always gotten varied responses when I tell people I'm a sex educator. I grew up in a conservative background, grew up in the church. And as I began to teach sex ed, even like my parents wouldn't really necessarily tell people I was a sex educator because a lot of people connect that with something bad, like something just just not good, something that they don't want. And um, that was hard for me because I was actually quite proud of it. And I knew that God had called me to sexual health. He very much placed it in my life when I was about 23. It was all him. And so I struggle with that response and I still get that response to some effect. Even last week, I was at a Bible study and I told an, an older woman, you know, what I did. And she kind of um, shut down a little bit. Like, why do you do that? I'm like, well, God has called me to that. And so I think because there's shame and embarrassment tied to sex still, particularly in older generations who never really got the chance to talk about it openly, they respond in that way. But the vast majority of response is like thrilled. People are excited. People are ready. People want to know when the content's coming out, what it's going to be, you know, how I'm going to teach it. Um, people are really excited and that gets me excited. I've gotten responses. I just started at the Instagram account, maybe, I don't know, three or four months ago. And I've gotten responses from people like all over North America. And that's just so exciting that people are already finding out they're already wanting to hear this content and teach their kids. Because I do think particularly our generation is ready to teach. Um, and even the older generations are looking back and thinking, well, how can I talk about this with my grandkids? You know, because it's so much in the news in our culture something that's pretty pervasive. And so how do I talk about them now? 
you know, talk about these issues now when I, when I didn't maybe talk about it with my kids who are now parenting. Um, so I think overall the response has been pretty excited people. Um, but there's still a little bit of that thread of like shame, fear. Um, are you sure you should be doing that? Is that, is that the right thing? Do we really need to talk about it with kids? Well, well, good for you for doing it. I remember being on a, on a chairlift when I was skiing in February and this guy, he said, he said, Hey, what do you do? And, and I said, I, I help people out of porn and sex addictions. And it was just like straight silence. <laughs> and he couldn't escape. You were on that lift. <laughs> we were on the lift. He couldn't exactly. jump off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was so funny. Yeah. And then he looked at me and he goes, after like seconds, he like hits me in the shoulder and he goes, ah, oh, you almost got me. So what do you really do? <laughs> so funny. Oh man. So I'm, that's what I'm asking. Cause I'm always curious about people's responses too, yeah. but I, but I get so many more like you positive responses and mm-hmm. I was just doing a parent seminar yesterday and there was a grandpa there and it was, it was mostly parents of course, but there was a grand grandpa there and he texted me. He said, it was so good to hear the material presented to the parents. Um, honestly, I wish this kind of teaching would have started in churches decades ago, but I believe mm-hmm. this is going to catch fire and the demand for this kind of teaching will grow. And that's going to be what you experience is as churches and, and different organizations and schools hear about it, they're going to see the value because even people that don't know the Lord, that the good teaching that you've got that comes from him is going to impact people. So I'm excited to yeah. do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think that you, you, what you're describing there, Kristen, is so true. We've, Matt and I have butted up against that where you, you have this appetite now for people wanting something. And then you're also running into a little bit of that shame-based culture that maybe, unfortunately, was a byproduct of not talking about sex, perhaps, in the church world uh, before us. And so you're, you're, you're kind of hitting that. But such an important time to discuss these things. And in this day and age, I mean, I guess I got a two-part question for you. This might be big, but what are some things that parents need to know in this area and why do kids need to be educated now uh, in this area? Like, uh, I think those two areas, those two questions there, what, what are your thoughts about those two things? Yeah, that is a big question, but it's a question that drives me um, for sure. So what do parents need to know? First, they need to know that they need to talk to their children. It's not an option. It's not a question. It's not a maybe. It's not a, I'll protect them so they won't have to learn that. It is, you You need to talk to your kids. How? Well, it's not a birds and the bees type situation. It is a consistent conversation over the course of their lifetime. Ideally, they might still even be talking to you, you know, as a parent when they're in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, and you're aging because that's just kind of the relationship you built at that point. So whenever people ask me, hey, you know, my kid's two or three or four or five, six, 10, when should I start talking to them? I always say now, today. And I'm really big on using opportunities that pop up around you, whether that is the news is on in your home and a news story comes up, whether that is Um, movies and TV shows with relationships in them, with sexuality somehow on display, whether that is in a book you're reading together, um, whether that's, you know, being out at the store and seeing a certain couple and simply asking your child, like, what do you think about that? Or do you know anybody like that? Or, you know, what does the Lord say about that? Do we know? And really just having those talks. And it's not this big, scary thing, right? It's actually just natural when you ask and use opportunities that are popping up around you and ask your kid what they're thinking about it. So I say, start now, you know, start with anatomy and naming body parts correctly. So parents need to know that they need to talk to their kids and they can start now and they can use opportunities all around them. I also think that uh, parents need to know that they need to look into their own 
like sexual health and their own sexual past, their own sexual brokenness. And so that's kind of the hard part in a way, even maybe more than the former thing, because you have to dig into your own stuff. And that's hard. Like we have traumas. We have, you know, as you guys well know, like we have our own first exposures to pornography or our own exposure to some illicit content that really traumatized us that maybe we haven't dealt with yet. We need our own counseling around familial situations that happened, et cetera. And so I would really encourage parents to dig into their own brokenness, start to process it, start to journal about it, start to talk about it with their spouse, a counselor, et cetera. And then the second part of your question, why do kids need to know? Um, I think conversation, education, relationships arm them. They arm them so that they're ready to go out into the world really prepared. And they're not kind of going out without any ammo, if you know what I mean, without any tools in their tool belt. Like they are ready to handle what's coming to them because they've already been talked to about it with somebody who loves them, with somebody who they trust. And so there's not this fear when they approach something that is strange to them or weird to them or even, you know, scary to them because they've already had a parent talking to them about that. And so they're more prepared um, as they head out into the world. And I think kids really learn best from their parents. I do. I think they pick up so much from their parents. You know, their parents are modeling a certain type of life for them. They're modeling behaviors, they're modeling actions and and kids really learn from that. And so when you show your children as parents that, hey, we're comfortable talking about this, we can talk about this, it's okay. And maybe we don't have all the answers, but that's okay, we can pray about it, we can keep the conversation going. Like that really sets up kids for a healthy modeling in terms of sexuality as they go forward in their life. I love it. I've been thinking lots lately and you reminded me of Genesis 4.1 where it says Adam made love to his wife Eve and she became pregnant, gave birth to, to a son. Or like Adam knew his wife Eve and then mm-hmm. had a son. And I'm like, why does why didn't God just say? And then they had a son. He yeah. he intentionally put in, and then they had sexual relations, and then they made love. Like he's no. not scared of it, no. right? No. And talking about it, like the first thing that they did outside the garden was they had sex, and he just talked about it. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. no no not awkward. So we can do that with or with kids. And you mentioned um, sexual brokenness or the past of a parent. And I'm wondering, do you get into how much of that a parent could share with their kid? You know, in In the curriculum that I have, I'm mainly focusing on educating children, Mm -hmm. Um, but there are also a ton of parent videos that I'm including. So these are across each um, age group. Like for example, if a parent were to go in and say, well, I only have a four-year-old and a five-year-old, I just want the pre-K curriculum, you know, the toddler curriculum, and they purchase that, they'll get all the parent videos, even the ones about addiction to porn, everything that I have. And so I do address with parents their own addictions, their own, um, yeah, brokenness. I wouldn't say I go as in depth as maybe some mental health groups would go in or counseling groups might go into, but I definitely do touch on that for parents. I want parents to, um, start to address that in their own life. But yeah, I would, I wouldn't say that's my primary focus, but I will say, I feel like there's a lot of groups that do press into that, that are pressing into that like you guys. And so that's encouraging for parents too. Like I'm always happy to turn people to other ministries and other groups that can be helpful to them as they process some stuff that happened in their own life. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of nuances there to what sexual brokenness is yeah. and what it means for each person. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so I love that because sometimes we can't discuss everything, especially in what we're doing. And, but the, I love the fact that you're encouraging parents to do that and look into how to deal with those things. Um, I'm curious about this too. I mean, mom, dad in the home, 
sometimes we find these kind of roles that we best fit into and in teaching and stuff like that. Like dad might read bedtime story to um, Johnny. Uh, mom might do this, right? And so we fall into these roles and sometimes say the mom might take more on the, the homeschooling role or teaching role and dad's doing something else, whatever. So w- what would you say to parents? Like what's kind of the ratio um, in regards to the teaching and, and the education sexually to their, to their kids? How, how does that dynamic play out between mom and dad? What would you encourage them in? Yeah, that's a good question. I would encourage both parents to be involved, but I do think it looks differently. I think it depends somewhat on your relationship to the child um, because families are so different. Um, you know, sometimes we have second marriages or kids, you know, stepkids or obviously different ages of children, um, different connections to parents, different situations that have happened. Um, so I would say that it is best in like a safe relationship and a really trusting relationship where the parent and the child do feel connected. That doesn't mean that parents who don't think they're as connected to their child shouldn't talk to their kid. They should. But maybe primarily when it comes to difficult topics like sex and sexuality, it stays more with the the parent who is better connected to that child. Because maybe they just naturally have like an organic space where they can enter into that with them. They spend more time with them. They are homeschooling, et cetera. But I also think there's something to say about same-sex interactions, like men speaking to their little boys, women speaking to their daughters. I think there's a comfort level there with the body, with being able to say, hey, I experienced this too. Like, hey, like, you know, if I had a son and I'm talking to him about wet dreams, that, that comes across very differently than if my husband is saying like, hey, this is this happened to me when I was this age and this is how I dealt with it. And this is what I what I think is, you know, great and not great about it. And so I think it's okay for women and men to both enter that conversation. But ideally conversations about the body and sexuality, like there's a lot of same sex conversation happening um, because there's just an extra level of, okay, my mom gets it. Like she had periods too. Uh, my mom gets what it's like to pull out tampons in a classroom or whatever it is. So that, I don't know, like a numeric ratio, <laughs> right? right? But, yeah. but I go back to what I said originally with opportunities. If you're in the car with your daughter, and you're a man and a song comes on and it's clearly talking about sex and your daughter's maybe singing along like she knows this song that is an opportunity and maybe that's a god-given moment for you specifically like you were made you know for such a time as this to enter into that conversation with your daughter hey what do you think about that song do you know what they're talking about and really just listening to the holy spirit discerning how far you can go in that conversation with her and then going home and talking to your wife or her her mother about it right um like hey this is something we talked about earlier. I don't know if you want to continue this conversation with her or be looking for that because I do think there's absolutely the spiritual aspect to everything we're talking about. Of course, that's why we're here. And so God gives us those moments and he might, it might be uncomfortable, but God definitely works in the discomfort and he works in the weakness and he will be present there. Mm. And so just discerning in the Holy spirit, like, okay, I think this is a moment I'm supposed to utilize with my child, even if I don't really want to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you're talking about opportunities and that you encourage people to just take parents to take advantage of it. Because sometimes I know people can, if there's nerves or awkwardness that it might come up, but then they set a time to sit down and have a formal conversation. There's nothing really wrong with that. But if it can be ongoing and just like a normal part of the conversation, then that's that's really good. So I I love that you're talking about opportunities. Can you talk about the the progression? And this is, uh, there's a lot here, I know, but the progression from when a child is young, they're a toddler, how does a parent start the conversation? And then when do they introduce more direct things like this is what pornography is? 
this is what masturbation is. Uh, yeah, just speak to that pro- that progression a bit. So when a child is little, we all know that children are naturally very curious. And so when a child is, um, a very practical example would be if a child is bathing or you are changing the child or the child, you know, touches their penis or vagina, that you can actually start naming the body parts, saying that, that like, yeah, mommy's changing your diaper, mommy's wiping the area around your penis. And I know that some listeners might immediately get uncomfortable with that. But likely that is because that was not conversation that happened with you when you were a young person. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's not wrong. God didn't create her body poorly or badly. He didn't not create sex. He did create sex. Um, he created our body. And so there's nothing wrong with the word penis, vagina. And that's where, you know, processing your own stuff matters. But just entering into that conversation with your two-year-old of like, yeah, that's your penis. We have to clean around your penis in the bath. Or like, um, only mommy or daddy should help you with this or, you know, using kind of safety even as a way to talk to your kids. Like we should never be taking our clothes off when we're at school, right? We should never be taking our clothes off at a friend's house, right? If somebody asks you to take your pants off, you know, you say no, um, kind of entering that conversation with them so that they're hearing how to be safe in the outside world. And that starts when they're so little. In terms of something specific like porn or masturbation, again, I, I do think opportunities arise But I've noticed as I've talked to parents that some parents seem to me like they're always on the defense. Like they're always just like, like literally I do imagine like an American football player, like, you know, kind of just like, yeah, just like on the attack almost. And that sounds really exhausting to me. And I get the defense is a part of parenting. Absolutely. But I really want parents to be on the offense where you were the first one to talk. You were the first one to bring up that topic with your child. Even you're going to have to do some defense. They're going to be exposed to some things. And then you're going to have to figure out, okay, what do we need to talk about now? But my hope is that parents can be one of the first people that talks to their kids about this stuff. So when it comes to porn, I mean, it depends when your kids starts looking at devices. Usually it's pretty early, you know, usually, honestly, it's like two or three. And so talking to your kids about Um, bad images. If there's ever somebody, you know, without their clothes off that you, that you put the, give the device to mommy or daddy, that you say, no, that you don't look at it, you know, teaching young kids who are entering a school system that if somebody takes out their phone and says, Hey, look at this, teaching your kids to say like, well, what is it? You know, because you don't want to see something that's scary or bad and you're trying to help your kid and, and protect your kid in that. And so you can have conversations about basically what what to do when somebody's giving you their phone or when you go to somebody's house and they're turning on the TV, like, what do you say? Do you have a code word that you send to mom or dad to basically say, come pick me up? And it might, depending on the age of the child, you might be able to have conversations about, you know, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be exciting almost to you, but it is not good for you. Mm. And this is why. And so there's a lot that depends on age, but I think when it starts early with even just the, the child exploring their body, touching their body, um, naming their body, talking about safety, keeping their clothes on, not touching themselves in public, you know, that kind of thing. When it starts early, it's kind of easy as the child gets older. Um, it becomes more habitual and natural. And so, yeah, I, I'm all about starting at a young age. And I picked up on something in that too, Kristen. Um, you know, as parents, um, one of the things is finding that balance because um, 
we're tasked with protecting our kids in a lot of different ways. But at the same time, we are, as your course is aptly named, we're educators as well in helping our kids grow and um, to be godly men and women. But what is the balance in regards to how, where does protection kind of end and where does the education begin? Because sometimes I know that you know, what I mean by that is uh, one of the models for me growing up is, and I think this was in the church world, is that parents circled the wagons, tried to protect every message that came in as much as they could. You know, certain TV shows couldn't be watched, certain radio programs, um, whatever else, right? All that level, which I understand. But then at the same time, no other messaging is talked about or discussed. So what is the balance there? Because I know that we do have to protect, but at the same time, these opportunities arise where we can discuss. So what is that balance? Maybe talk to that a little bit. Yeah, I think this is going to be pretty unique to the family unit. Mm -hmm. I would love to give kind of like a recipe for that, but I am a little bit like leery of um, just giving a one size fits all for each family. I do think each family is different in this. And I would suggest to people when you're following the Lord, we know that like we have to search our heart. Like we have our fleshly desires and some of those desires are good. Um, but they get warped in the sinful world. And so I think of like parents who, people who, honestly, who struggle with control. And that really gets thrown when you become a parent because you recognize you don't really have as much control as you ever thought you did, if you thought you did. And so what is, I would encourage parents to look into like, what am I trying to control? And then what is like a good desire like what's the good heart behind it because for example like what I'm thinking about is I'll have parents tell me that you know this is an example a gay couple was on the screen in a tv show they didn't expect them to be there and then they there they were and so they turned off the tv show so what that teaches right they're trying to protect their kids oh my gosh I don't want them to see that is that actually their kid already saw the gay couple and so it's teaching them that there's shame and silence around that. And then it's bad. And that we actually like maybe even don't have time for that couple, or we don't want to devote any time to that couple because of a choice that they're making in their life or because of you know their sexual history, because of their brokenness. That's what that teaches in that moment. And so while I get the protection, you know, I've even had parents tell me they don't own a TV, which that's, I mean, that's great, good, fantastic. But your child is still going to go outside in the world and see gay couples or go outside in the world and hear about um, people transitioning, people changing their gender and wonder what that's all about or go in the world and see porn. And so protection is necessary and good. And certainly it's more fierce, I think, when children are young, right? You have to do a lot to protect young children that you don't have to do for a 10 year old. Then you don't have to do for an 18 year old. But I would encourage parents to like search their hearts. Like where is control just for the sake of control and fear leading you? And that brings me back to that like defensive position, like, you know, always kind of like, okay, what, what do I need to control? What's, what's about to attack? And where is like, where can you go back into kind of an encouraging, loving, um, humble position of like, Hey, I, I love you and I care about you. And this is what I want you to know and learn. And that's where education walks in so easily. So I don't have a recipe for it because I can't prescribe it for each family, but I think that that's between a little bit between you and the Lord, but I know that education doesn't like mess up the kid. That education is always good. So mm-hmm. I heard somebody say recently, like, I thought I was a perfect parent, perfect parent until I became a parent. Um, and I think I've heard that before too. Yeah. Um, it wasn't original thought, but um, yeah, we all mess up, but that, that also 
gives an opportunity for education. Like, hey, earlier I said this, or I did this, or I turned off the channel when this happened, but I actually want to talk to you about that more. And this is why I did that. And you can even talk to your kid about, you know, the desire to protect them, but also painting a picture of like, I am here for you. Um, and I want to be here for you when you have questions. So it's a really good answer. There's a lot of parents that haven't been on the offensive and now they're he may be hearing this and they're like, Oh, my kids are 13 and 10 or 15. I've never talked to them about porn. So some parents feel awkward. Right. And if, if, if they're in that position, they're like, okay, now I need to be on the offensive and need to talk to my kids, but the kids are older. A parent is awkward. They haven't done it. How, how do you encourage or help that parent? Yeah, that, first of all, it's okay. You didn't screw up your kid by not talking to them. Um, they're not going anywhere. You still have plenty of chances. As we've been saying, opportunities are everywhere. Keep looking for opportunities just because they're 13 and 10 or they're eight, or they're 17, or they're 25, doesn't mean that you can't start talking to them now. Um, I've had really lovely baby boomer generation parents, you know, people in their 50s, 60s, 70s say to me, I just started talking to my kids about sex. And their kids already have children of their own, but they've kind of even apologized. Like, hey, I never really talked to you about this because my parents never talked to me about this and I didn't know how, but I want to start talking to you now. And I think that that's lovely and beautiful and just such a good picture of what relationship looks like. Like it's over the course of time and there's options for grace and mercy and forgiveness all along that path. So I would encourage people who haven't started to still start, but they're just going to have to dive in a little bit deeper than the ones who are just teaching their kid about how a penis is called a penis, right? They're going to have to dig into stuff like porn and they're going to have to dig into stuff like masturbation. And so it might be a little bit more uncomfortable for them potentially because they're now starting to have conversations that, you know, would have been nice to have started having years ago, but it doesn't mean that they shouldn't do that, you know, that they shouldn't have those conversations. And remember that even if you mess up as a parent, there will be more opportunities for you. And your kids are watching, they're learning from you, which is scary, but it also is, an opportunity. I've had plenty of moments where I've already, you know, messed up with my daughter and little kids are great. in that I feel like they forgive you so quickly and they're just back to like your best friend or whatever, you know, your, your little, just sweet baby. Um, they just want to love you. And so just running back quickly to them, right. We, we run to Jesus when, um, we're broken ideally. And when we're hurt and when we're in pain, we can do that as parents and in parenting and, and then we can also run to our kids and, and keep having that conversation. So I still think opportunities will come up for 13, 10 year olds for the, for the parents of those kids and they're not going to go away. So I would encourage parents to still start. It's just, it's probably, you're going to have to be aware that you're going to have some more discomfort in your own heart, but that doesn't mean your kids are uncomfortable. That's hopeful. That's a very hopeful message. And I think that's one that I think that we can all track with and aspire to, because I mean, yeah, the way that God is with us, forgiving, loving, and gives us opportunity. And, and we can do that with our kids as well. And I think that's a great lesson for kids to see, you know, when mom, dad maybe makes a mistake and they, they come and say sorry, or try to reconcile that or whatever else that actually brings a lot of security and strength to that child. So, um, I love what you're sharing there as well. And there's so many other areas we could talk here. (laughs) We could have you on for hours, Kristen, and we're actually going to have you on next week as well. So this is great, but I just want to say thank you so much. And again, what is the course and where can we find you? Yeah, so our, my group is called Sex Ed Reclaimed. Um, I have an Instagram at Sex Ed Reclaimed. 
and the website is the same, sexedreclaim.com. Um, content will be released soon. I don't have a date because there's so many videos that it's taking some time to edit and everything like that, but all the content will be released with the website. You can go on the website now and enter your email on the first screen that pops up, and that way you'll be notified when the content is coming out. Or you can also just follow the Instagram. Um, I'm pretty active on that and I'm happy to respond to questions and things like that. So Great. No, that's awesome. And so everybody, follow exactly the prompt she gave you. And this is going to be such a great course and needed in this day and age that we're in. So thank you for the work that you put in, Kristen, to this. Thanks for being with us today. And we're excited to have you next week. So thank you so much. And uh, for everybody out there listening, you're going to want to tune in to next week. Um, We're going to discuss more about this, but even about where our culture is currently and how that relates to parenting and children as well. So stay tuned and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.